I want to welcome you all here this afternoon for our 12th and final session together with me. Um, but thank God it's not going to be the end of the series. So we have Neil, Pastor Dr. Neil carrying on, and I know that you'll be blessed. And in fact, as I've pointed out, I have only set the foundation. I'm a bit like John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist in the Bible? The Bible says that John the Baptist was sent by God to prepare the way. All I have been doing is preparing the way for Neil. Not that Neil is like the Messiah, so, but uh, that's where the analogy breaks down. But, um, but no, seriously, um, the rest of the series that Neil and, and others, uh, Peter and some others will share is extremely important. All I've simply done is set some foundations that will be built on some very important structure that needs to be built on. So, and um, the pieces will come together. The pieces will come together. Discover hope, finding peace in uncertain times. I really do hope and pray that you have found more peace by coming to these programs. Have you found more peace? Have you found more hope in these uncertain times? I pray that you have. And, um, and I pray that your heart is, is more in tune with Jesus now than it was before you started coming three weekends ago. And I pray the same for my friends who are watching online or on DVD, wherever you're watching around the world, may God bless you. And I pray that you have been blessed as you've been watching these programs and I pray that you'll keep watching and tuning in. Discover Hope, Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. This afternoon's subject is entitled, Lest We Forget. If you're an Australian or a New Zealander, these three words are very familiar. Isn't that right? Every Anzac Day, April what? 25. April 25, the whole country, Australia and New Zealand, not one country, the two separate countries, both Australians and New Zealanders pause. They stop. It's a public holiday. And we acknowledge, if it's during the week or if it's on the weekend, we all stop and we acknowledge um, what those who have served in wars throughout our, our history as a nation um, went through. It's a, it's a proud day to be an Australia and a New Zealander, April 25. And uh, it's a day when on Anzac Day, Australians and New Zealanders pause to remember all who served and died in all wars, conflicts and peace keeping operations and the contribution and suffering of all those who have served. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Some of you here in this room possibly have husbands or, 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 or wives, men and women both served and continue to serve our nation um, around the world in order to provide peace um, and, uh, and prosperity and harmony. We pause not only here in Australia but in Gallipoli where it all began in 1915, as we're all well aware, April 25, those first Anzacs came onto that shore there in Gallipoli, uh, also known now as Anzac Cove. And here are a couple of photographs from that time. Um, these heroes, um, we, we salute and we remember, regardless of what you may think or not think about the war. I certainly am not a big fan of war. God's not a big fan of war. War is sad. It's tragic. And, and there are no words to describe uh, what war is. But even so, we live in a world where there are those that, that, that do put their lives on the line in order to ensure the peace and well-being of the various citizens um, uh, that they represent. 
These, this poem is read out every Anzac Day. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn them. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. And then we finish off with three words, which are, lest we forget. Lest we forget. Why do we pause every Anzac Day? Lest we forget. Lest we forget the freedoms that we enjoy and at what great cost they were purchased on our behalf. Lest we forget. This afternoon, we're going to look at a message that has sadly been forgotten by the entire world, including the Christian world. A message of such great importance. Today we're going to discover that when God created this world, He poured His love into this world some 6,000 years ago. The Bible says that, that at the very beginning of time, God gave the human race two very precious gifts to remind us not only of who created us, but who also saved us and who sustained us. At the very beginning of time when God created this world, you can go home and check it out in Genesis in chapter 1 and chapter 2. There are two institutions. How many institutions? Two institutions that God gave to the human race, to the human family, that were to be a blessing. In fact, the word blessed is used twice in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 to describe these two human institutions. One of them is marriage, and the other one comes to us also from the heart of God's law. These two institutions are placed right in the very heart of God's Ten Commandments that we've looked at in our previous presentation. Now, as we unpack this all-important institution that has been by and large forgotten, lest we forget, we will pause and do what? And pray before we open up God's Word. So let's do that right now. Father in heaven, uh, we're about to open up your word again, and uh, we, we do not take it lightly. We, we recognize that your word is, in fact, just that. It's your very word to us, your, your creatures that you have created in your image. So, Father, as we open your word, we pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds, that we may be willing to receive what you have for us this afternoon. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Once again, we want to go to the book of Revelation this afternoon. We were there in our previous presentation, and we continue on again in this presentation. The book of Revelation, once again, there is this final message of love to the world, and it's called the three angels, what? Messages. God's final message of love to the whole world, including those that hang out in Karyong, and the surrounding area. And notice those words that we are now familiar with because we've read them a number of times. Revelation 14, 6 begins, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. It's a universal message that God has at the end of time. Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. For the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. There are four major elements to this first angel's message. We've already looked at the first one, which were fear God. We know what fear God is, don't we? Does it mean to be afraid of God? No. It means what? It means to love God and to do what? Keep his commandments. To keep his commandments, as we've already looked at. 
another element to this first angel's message, two of the four we're going to look at. The second one is this section here, worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. There is a call by God, by who? By God, to the people in Australia only. No, to who? To every nation, kindred, tongue and people, to the whole world. It's called the everlasting gospel. There is a call by God to all of humanity at the end of time to worship him who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. And who would that be? God. God. Do we live in a day and age where this message is especially relevant? Has anyone heard of Charles Darwin? Has anyone heard of evolution? We all have. And sadly today, Christians are trying to marry God as creator with evolution, and they call it theistic evolution. Have you heard of theistic evolution? It's an unequally yoked marriage. And that's probably enough said. I could go on for the next hour and talk about it, but I'll contain myself. At the end of time, God is calling people back to worship the creator. Now, why is that such a big deal? Because you and I, as created beings, have the ultimate responsibility and privilege to worship the one who created us, the one who sustains us, the one that gives us everything, and that is God. Amen? Absolutely. So, worship him who created the heaven and earth. What we want to do is we want to go back to creation. Let's go back to creation. That is what the angel said. Go and worship the one who created this world. And where do we find that? In the book of chapter 1 and chapter 2. So let's go there. When God, the master artist, talk about a master artist that this universe has never, ever seen. The best artist in this world, Leonardo da Vinci or whoever, and God, there are light years. Light years between the two. The greatest artist, the greatest designer, the greatest engineer, you fill in the blanks, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest. God, when he created this world, this incredible world, the Bible says he created it in how many days? In six days, God created this world. And the apex of his creation was who? Adam and Eve. In fact, what did God create last? Who did God create last, I should ask? Eve. He created Eve the woman. So God left the best till last. And all the men said? Amen. Hey, that was a lot better. That was a lot better. God left the best till last and he created the woman. I praise God for women. Well, woman in my case. Woman, one woman. <laughs> I praise God that he created the human race to live in harmony with one another, Adam and Eve were to live in harmony with one another, to live in harmony with their creator God, to live in harmony with the animals, to live in harmony with the environment. And guess what? Today, there is no harmony between humans. There is no harmony between us and the environment. There is no harmony between us and God. And we have a few problems. Amen? We have a few titanic problems, more than just a few. Notice what the Bible says. Then God saw everything that he had made, Genesis 1.31, and indeed it was what? Very good, because God created who last? The woman. And he said it was very good. Before that, God had, kept, God had only said it was good. Good, 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 good. Six times. 
And when he created Eve, God said it was very good. Isn't that good? Very good. All right. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were what? Finished. Now how many days in a week? Seven days in a week. How did you know that? <laughs> there are seven days in a week. But the Bible says God created for six days, and at the end of six days, everything was created and it was finished. Very interesting word. I need to be reminded to come back to that as we, as we press on, the significance of that. And on the seventh day, let's find out what God created on the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Verse 3. Genesis 2 verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So what did God create on the seventh day? He created a gift in time. A gift in what? Time. A gift in time. Why? That's because relationships are built on what? Time. True? Am I telling you something you don't know? Relationships are built on what? Time. Two people that are madly in love with one another. Are they looking at the watch? Are they looking at the clock? No. Well, not in a positive way. They're looking and saying, oh, we've spent 15 hours together. It feels like 15 minutes. God created the seventh day as a day to enter into a precious relationship with those who he has created. It's all about relationships. Let's take a look at three elements that God placed in the seventh day, which he didn't place in any other day of the week. Three vital elements. And by the way, the Sabbath day, in case you were wondering, begins when the sun sets on Friday and ends when the sun sets on Saturday. That's the biblical day, from evening to morning. That's the day. Let's take a look at the word blessed. When God blesses something, how long is it blessed for? That's our question. Notice what the Bible says. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 27. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you for how long? Forever. For you have what? Blessed it. O Lord, and it shall be blessed for how long? Forever. I have not come across one single scripture in all of scripture where God blesses something and then he says, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Anyone got some liquid paper? Anyone got an eraser? In the olden days, these days you just backspace on your computer. You press the delete button on your computer with the backspace. There is nowhere in scripture where God blesses something, an institution, and then he says, I've made a mistake, I changed my mind. God blessed the seventh day. In fact, the word blessed means happy. Did you know that? The word literally means happy. It's a happy day. Now, when God is passing out his blessings, guess where I want to be in the queue? I'm selfish. Where do I want to be in the queue? I want to be at the front of the queue. Isn't that right? I want to be at the front of the queue when God's passing out his blessings. The Sabbath day, number one, we discover from Scripture is that it was blessed. And in fact, yeah, well, we'll press on. Genesis 2.3, then it says God sanctified. Now, what does it mean to sanctify something? The word sanctified simply means 
to set it aside for holy use. The seventh day is not just another day of the week. It's not like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Sabbath day is a day that God set aside for holy use. Now, there are a number of things in the Bible that God speaks of as holy. Number one, marriage is holy. Isn't that true? Is marriage holy? Absolutely. Is the Bible holy? Yes. Are our body temples holy? Yes. Over and over again, you'll read in Scripture where God sets certain things apart or people and he says, you are holy or this is holy. The, the, the holy Ark of the Covenant. You've got the holy place, the most holy place in the sanctuary. Everything that is associated with God in the Bible is described as holy. The Sabbath was given by who? By God. To you and I, it is holy. Just like marriage is holy, the Sabbath is holy. Let's keep going. The Bible says that he rested. Now, the question we need to ask is, did God rest because he was tired? Does God get tired like you and I? Does he get sick and tired? Does he lose his voice? No, he doesn't. Notice what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. God doesn't get tired like you and I. He's immortal. He has, he has unlimited energy and strength and power. He doesn't know what it means to be tired. Jesus did when he became a human being, as well as being God at the same time. God doesn't get tired. What about Adam and Eve? Did Adam and Eve need to rest? Is that why God gave them the Sabbath day? Because they were tired. They hadn't done anything. God created them toward the end of the sixth day. I mean, and was there any tiredness in the Garden of Eden before sin? No. God had given them plenty of energy, plenty of strength. They weren't to get tired. So why did God rest? There's only one logical reason, and that is that he wanted to enter into a relationship with Adam and Eve. That is why he rested. It's all about what? Relationships. What are, what are relationships all about? Time. Time and relationships go together. God loved Adam and Eve so much that he said, I'm going to set aside a whole day every week to meet with you in a special way to bless you, to bless your holy union, that you may have union with me. Is that good news? Do you think that would make you happy? No wonder the Bible says God blessed Adam and Eve by giving them the Sabbath day. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you up. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Today we suffer from what? Stress. Anyone here heard of stress? Notice this headline, 2008, Sydney Morning Herald. Stress and debt make Sydney a violent city. That's from the newspaper. Is that true? Is there more stress in Sydney 10 years after 2008 or is there less stress? Anyone been to Sydney lately? Who is brave enough to drive in Sydney? Not me, you are. <laughs> is Sydney becoming less stressful or more stressful? More stressful. God said, I have a solution for your stress. 
And you don't need to go to a pharmacy. You don't need to go to a doctor. You don't need to pop any pill. God says, my solution for your stress is to set aside one day every week to recharge your batteries, to spend time with your family, to spend time with me, just to relax, rest, worship me, go and do something kind for someone. The Sabbath is all about God stepping in and helping us because we desperately need a helping hand. Is that true? We're just like, we're just like on the go all the time. I know that if I didn't have this blessing, I'd probably collapse. But the Sabbath is a day when we can enjoy rest. The Ten Commandments, so important. As we discovered, where the Ten Commandments originally come from? From God's very throne room. God chiseled out. You remember? Those two blue sapphire stones, and he wrote the commandments on both sides. My friend Joy was asking me, where is that in the notes? And I was sharing that with her. And she was just so excited to learn that incredible, beautiful truth. God, with his very own finger, on tablets of stone from his very throne room, he wrote down the Ten Commandments. And in the very heart of the Ten Commandments, we have this commandment. Commandment number four, Exodus Chapter 20, verse 8, what does the word begin with? Well, what does the commandment begin with? Remember, lest we... Oh, I think we've forgotten. Let's, let's, let's keep reading. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the what? The Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of who? Of the Lord your God. So the Bible's very clear. God gave us that day. The Sabbath belongs to God. It belongs to who? It belongs to God, and God gives it to us as a gift. That's simply what the Bible says. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. Notice, the Sabbath is for everyone. It's for how many people? For everyone, not just humans. Did you notice that? But who else? Animals. Animals. There's a, there's a guy by the name of Roy Olson, and, um, and he tells the true story. He was a farmer in New Zealand, and he had a, a cattle dog, you know, that helped him on his farm, as cattle, log, as cattle dogs do. And because he didn't go out and do what he normally did on a Saturday, he just did the very basics that he needed to do, um, the cattle dog would not go out to work with him Every Saturday. Every Saturday the cattle dog knew and the cattle dog stayed in its kennel and didn't come out to help. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, true story. You can ask my friend Roy, he told me that story. Every seventh day he didn't come out of his kennel. All the other days he'd come out of his kennel at the front porch ready for the day's work. But every Saturday morning he stayed in his kennel. Amazing story. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and did what? Rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord did what? He blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Notice what Jesus said regarding the Sabbath. Mark 2 verse 27. The Sabbath was made for who? For man and not man for the Sabbath. Sadly, sadly, many, including many Christians, believe that the Sabbath was made for Jews. How many of you have heard that? The Sabbath was made for the Jewish nation. The Jews indeed keep the Sabbath, absolutely, from Friday sunset to Saturday. But the Sabbath was not made for Jews. 
Jesus is very clear here. The Sabbath was made for who? Man. Do you know what word is used there in the original Greek? It's the word anthropos. What's that word? Anthropos. What word in English do we get from anthropos? Anthropology. What's anthropology? The study of what? Of humans. The study of humanity. Were Adam and Eve Jews? No. Not the last time I read my scriptures. Adam and Eve were the first two human beings. The Jewish nation didn't come onto the scene of history until Abraham some 1,500 years. No, what am I saying? 2,000 years after creation, some 2,000 years after creation. In fact, this is what I like to say to my fellow Christian friends that say to me that the Sabbath is only for Jews. I'm like, okay, fair enough. If the Sabbath is only for Jews, that means marriage is only for Jews. They're like, what? What do you mean marriage is only for Jews? Marriage is for me too. I'm not a Jew. I'm like, well, if the Sabbath that originates in Eden is only for the Jews, then marriage which originates in Eden also is only for Jews. Does that make sense? That's logic. That's absolute logic. And they're kind of like, um, we need to reconsider. What did God say? Remember the Sabbath day to do what? Keep it holy. What do you think God used that word remember to begin this commandment? Could it be that God knew there would come a time when we would forget? Lest we forget. God said, remember. Remember. Secondly, God is pointing back to creation. The fourth commandment is all about creation. When God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them in six days. Do you know what? If every single Christian today kept the seventh day Sabbath holy, there would be no atheists on the planet. You're like, really? That's a big claim, Danny. Where'd you you come up with that? You can clearly track, you can clearly track down through history. I'm talking about in the Protestant world. When, when Christians, Protestants began turning their backs on the seventh day Sabbath and in particular on their first day Sabbath, Sunday Sabbath, which Neil is going to talk about next week, as Christians started moving away from keeping even Sunday as a day of rest, Darwinism, secularism, atheism started filling that void. It's just how it works. You just you check it out. You just read the history. It's very, very clear. What does my wife say to me, Danny, remember to put the washing out? Because she knows I'm going to forget. Isn't that right? She'll ring me. Danny, did you remember to put the washing out? And as I see her number coming up on my phone, I'm running to the washing machine and I'm pulling out all the clothes and then I answer it when I have to answer it and I'm like, did you remember? I'm doing it as we speak, is my, is my response. But I forgot. I forgot. The Sabbath reminds me that God is my creator. The Sabbath reminds me that I did not come about through evolution. I am not an accident. Neither are you. I have a purpose. I have meaning. I was created by a loving God who created me to love me and for me to love him and to love those around me. There is great purpose in knowing that you were created by a loving God. 
Secondly, God is my savior. God is my savior. It's interesting when you read Deuteronomy chapter 5 and there is a second version of the Ten Commandments there. And, um, and there you have the reason for keeping the Sabbath day holy that God led the children of Israel out of slavery. Out of slavery. Have you and I been led out of slavery from sin? Absolutely. We have been saved by Christ from sin. And in fact, you remember, what did we read at the end of the six days of creation? The Bible says God had finished all of his work. You remember that? We read that word, finished. And I said, I'll come back to that. What did Jesus cry out when he died on the cross? It is finished. When did Jesus die, by the way? Friday afternoon. What did Jesus do during the Sabbath hours? He rested in the grave. When did Jesus arise? On Sunday morning. In creation, after creating the world, Jesus rested. The Bible says God created through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, Colossians 1 speaks of this truth. After creating this world in six days, Jesus rested. After purchasing our salvation, Jesus again rested in the grave over the Sabbath. Isn't that beautiful? The Sabbath reminds me that not only is Jesus my creator, but he is also my savior. Every seventh day, I pause to remember those two beautiful truths. Isn't that beautiful? Absolutely. You probably haven't thought about that. The Sabbath reminds me that I belong to God. I belong to God. When we got married, we exchanged something at the altar. What did we exchange? Rings. You may be wondering, where is your ring, Danny? It's not there. Well, I actually lost it on my honeymoon. <laughs> but, 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 that's not the end of the story. It was found a few days later. And so my wife, in order to ensure that it's never lost again, she did what? She put it in a safe place and it's at home in a safe place. But my wife, she proudly wears her wedding ring. Now, why does my wife wear her wedding ring? Why do many of you, I notice some of you have got wedding rings. Why do you wear your wedding ring? A wedding ring is an outward sign. It's an outward what? Sign that you are not available. Amen? That you are not available. End of story. That you belong to someone. When people see my wife in the shops, and she's just stunning, as you can tell, I keep showing pictures of her to remind myself how wonderful she is. When people see my wife at Coles, when they see her at Aldi, when guys, potential guys, see my wife anywhere, they straight away see this outward sign on her finger, and that outward sign says to those young or not so young men, she is unavailable, look elsewhere. Amen? Because this woman belongs to someone. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Well, guess what? The Sabbath, the Bible tells us, is an outward sign that we belong to God. Are you ready for this? Have a look at what the Bible says. Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12. Moreover, I also gave them my what? Sabbath. To be a what? A sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who does what? 
sanctifies them. Wow, the Sabbath is a sign that I am wholly alone through God. I am wholly alone through who? Through God. It's an outward sign. So every seventh day when you pause, every seventh day when you go and worship God, when you go to church, every seventh day when you gather your family together, um, whoever they may be, a child, two, husband, wife, whoever your family may entail, when you gather those in your home, every Sabbath day, it's an outward sign to your community. It's an outward sign to your friends. It's an outward sign to your family. It's an outward sign to everyone that you belong to who? To God. You belong to God and you belong to the one who created you, the one who has saved you. It's a beautiful outward sign. The Sabbath reminds me that my allegiance is to God. Notice God did three things with the Sabbath that no other day, you can go and check it out, no other day was blessed by God, no other day was sanctified or made holy by God, and on no other day did God rest. Those three things. Now, let me tell you a story. Not a true story, but a story. Say I was into making a dress. Well, not a dress. Let's, 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 let's. Say I wanted to make some shorts. All right, uh, forget about dress. And you know what? Me making a dress in today's day and age, that's nothing new. Isn't that true? What's wrong with a guy making a dress? And wearing a dress. In today's day, that's normal, isn't it? All right, enough said. We'll press on. We'll press on. Especially with what happened over the weekend in Sydney. But anyway, enough said. I said, enough said. So don't bring up any more. Say I wanted to make some shorts. All right, some shorts. And I go to, where do you go to buy material, ladies? Men? Spotlight. Go to Spotlight. Go to Spotlight. All right. So I go to Spotlight, all right, and I decided my shorts are going to have some blue in them, okay, nice color, as you can see, I like blue, blue, okay, my shorts are also going to have some red, okay, I like red, you like red obviously as well, Sandra, good for you, red, and my shorts also, I like white, I like the color white, so red, red, white, and blue. Okay, fair enough. Can I make shorts out of these three colors? No drama. All right. Well, I'm walking around the house with the shorts, and my wife's kind of okay with that. I go outside wearing these shorts mowing the lawn. My wife's not so okay with that, but she can somehow stomach it. I go with these shorts to Tuggera. These red, white, and blue shorts at Tuggera. And my wife says, enough. Enough is enough. My wife takes those red, white, and blue shorts and she burns them. Burns them. That's pretty nasty. I know. I'm totally devastated. I will never be the same again. Those shorts that I just so love, you know, I just poured my whole heart into those shorts. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours stitching. And what else do you do, ladies? Sewing? Stitching, sewing. As you can see, I'm very, very good in that area. And I'm just absolutely devastated. She didn't throw them away. She didn't throw them away. She literally burned them. And so I get home and there's literally just dust. I mean, ashes. That, that, that's all that's left of my shorts. Now, 
Would you have a big problem with that, that she burnt my shorts? Would you have a big problem? Uh, some of you are very sympathetic, very kind. <laughs> Gary, he's got no sympathy for me at all. I mean, women, what, what right-minded husband would wear this to Tagara? I mean, would you let your husbands wear this to Tagara? Would you, Sandra? No chance, not on your life. Would you burn it? Probably. Or maybe you throw it away. Would you let Neil wear shorts like this to Tagara? Joy? No, not on your life. Sorry, Neil. Anyway, Neil, look, you might be able to do... No. <laughs> All right, now, imagine with me. Imagine with me that I decided that I was going to do something different. And so I went to Spotlight again for the second time. And once again, I wanted to get my favorite colors, okay? Red, white, and blue. And this time I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's holiday time, January. What am I going to do? <gasps> then a thought crosses my mind. It's coming towards the end of January. <gasps> I know what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this red, white, and blue material these three red, white, and blue material, and I am going to make ah, I'm going to make this an Australian flag. Ah, now, do you think my wife's going to burn this flag? Is anyone going to burn this flag? Or if if it stays as a flag, guess what? You burn it and you know what you were saying? You were saying, I don't give my allegiance to this country. I have been around the world to many countries and Australia is a blessed nation. Yes, we've got problems. Yes, it's not perfect here. There's no place that is perfect outside of the new earth that God's going to create. But Australia is still a lucky country. As they say, a blessed country, I call it. A blessed country. When those, three, when those three bits of material end up as my shorts walking through Tuggera, it matters not. True? It matters not what you do with that material. You can burn it, you can throw it in the garbage, you can do whatever. You take red, white and blue and you make the Australian flag and it's a whole different picture. When God took the Sabbath and the seventh day, he blessed it. He sanctified it and he rested on that day. The Sabbath now becomes very different to any other day. Is the point clear? I pray that it is. This represents allegiance. The Sabbath represents your allegiance and my allegiance to our Creator God. I hope, I hope that helps. I'm going to fold it up nicely because one time I made the mistake of not folding it nicely and just putting it in my bag and I got told off. This elderly gentleman, he came up to me at the end and said, Danny, you don't do that with the Australian flag. I learned a lesson. We don't do that with the Australian flag, but what do we do with the day that God set aside as holy? How do we treat God's holy day? Do we treat it? in the way that God invites us to treat it or not. Something for you to think about. Something for you to contemplate. Now let me find my little clicker. An Australian flag. 
January 26th, it's a proud day to be an Australian. That's a day that we celebrate. Australia Day, yes, there are those that, that, that see it in a very different way, in a very different light, especially in recent times. But it's a day when the country comes together. Once again, we have a public holiday, isn't that right? And we, and we celebrate, I celebrate not so much the invasion, for that wasn't good. I've studied history and, and what, and what the, the folk from England did when they came to Australia, to the natives, to the Aboriginal people, is horrendous if you read the history. It's awful. I'm not justifying that. I'm not condoning that. But you know what I celebrate on Australia Day every year? I celebrate that by God's grace, my parents came to this country and I was born in Australia with all the privileges associated with being an Australian. That's what I celebrate. And I thank God for this wonderful country that we're in. Amen? And I pray that you thank God. And if you don't think Australia's any good, just go to a few other places around the world, especially in the third world. Go to America. Well, don't go to America. Um, and just see how, how life is very different here. Well, let's press on. The Sabbath reminds me that God will take care of me. God will take care of me. When God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Bible says that God fed them with what? Manna in the wilderness. And the Bible's very clear. You can go home and read it in Exodus chapter 16. God gave the children of Israel manna every day for six days of the week. But on the Sabbath day, did God give them any manna? No, there was no manna. What were they to do on Friday? Collect twice as much enough for Saturday. God provided a miracle, an incredible miracle for 40 years. And every Sabbath day, no manna. To teach the people that they can depend on God. God will take care of you. There are many people that come to these presentations and they have work issues. And that's a serious issue. They have a work issue where they work on Saturday. And how am I going to keep the Sabbath day holy, I have to work. How am I going to feed my family? That's a good question, isn't it? It's a very good question. That's not a theoretical, philosophical question. That's a question that, that relates to you know, putting bread on the table, feeding my wife and my kids or my husband and my kids or whatever the case may be, feeding my children. God says, I will take care of you. I have countless examples of individuals who have put their faith and trust in God. They have honoured God and kept holy His Sabbath day and God has not let them down. They may have lost their job, they may have lost their job, but God has provided over and over again. That's because God says, I will take care of you. The Sabbath reminds me that I find my ultimate joy and delight in God. Isaiah 58 verse 13 we read, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a what? A delight. The holy day of the Lord, honourable, and shall honour him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall what? Delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You and I... As we enter into the Sabbath joy, we experience delight. Who doesn't, want to who doesn't want to experience the delight of God? I want to delight in God's goodness. I want to delight in God's blessings. God says this is a day when you can delight in my blessings. This is a day when you can spend more time with family. 
This is a day when you can spend more time serving those who are in need. What did Jesus do on the Sabbath? He healed people. Isn't that right? Is there anything wrong with doing good on the Sabbath? No, Jesus said the Sabbath was designed for good works, for good things. Are there people today who are depressed, lonely, stressed, without friends? Absolutely. You may be working six days a week, but on the seventh day, you have an opportunity to minister to these people. You have an opportunity to serve them, to show them the love of Jesus. For 24 hours, you can serve them and you can show them love. Does God really care which day I observe? There are a lot of people that say, look, for me, my Sabbath is Sunday. Or for the Muslims, their Sabbath is what day? Friday. Does it really matter whether it's Saturday or like Friday sunset to, Friday to Saturday sunset? Or can I pick another day that's more convenient for me? That's what a lot of people ask me. Does it really matter? Is God really particular? Well, what does the Bible say? In the commandment, Exodus 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The what day? The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You see, if my wife had six sisters, right? Six sisters. And instead of, instead of me marrying my wife, who I had courted and got to know and so on and so forth, her father at the last minute said, look, I still need Jasna here. She's, she just, she's just needed around the house. She's just needed at home. I can't give her to you. If you really want to marry um, one, of my, one of my daughters here, I'll give you another one. She's one of my daughters. She's one of my seven. Would that, be, would that fly with me? No. Would any other woman replace Jasna, even one of her six sisters? No. You think about Jacob and Laban. Jacob. Who was Jacob madly in love with and wanted to marry? Rachel. Was he content when, when Laban tricked him into marrying Leah, the older daughter? Was he saying, so, oh, well, too bad, so sad? No, absolutely not. He wanted Rachel and he wasn't going to take Leah as a substitute. He ended up with both and that caused a few problems. Now, what did Jesus do? Notice what the Bible says in Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his what? Custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. That was Jesus' example. That, that's what he did. Notice it wasn't just Jesus. In Acts 17, verse 2, we read, Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Uh, there is nowhere in the New Testament, not a single Scripture in the New Testament, where Christians worshipped on Sunday. Nowhere. You won't find it anywhere. I'll give you a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. But if I had a million dollars, I'd give you a million dollars if you could find for me one Scripture where the... Where, where the early church, instead of keeping the Sabbath day holy, began worshipping on the first day of the week and that substitution took place. Or that Jesus commanded or that the apostles commanded for a change to take place. You won't find it anywhere. Jesus, uh, in 1 John 2 verse 6, John writes, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. I don't know about you. But I want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. How many of you want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Yeah. If you don't, I'll be praying for you. I pray that all of us will walk in the footsteps of Jesus in everything by His grace. and through. He's our example, isn't that right? He's our example. 
And why wouldn't he keep the Sabbath day holy? He created it at the very beginning. He was the one that created this precious day. Notice this, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 4 and 9, this is at the end of the New Testament. Notice these words, okay? Very, very powerful and very, very insightful. For he has spoken in a certain place of what day? The seventh day in this way. So, the, the author of the book of Hebrews is now quoting God speaking of the seventh day in a certain place. Now let's find out where that certain place is. And God what? <clears throat> Rested on the seventh day from all his works. Where is that found? That's found in Genesis. That's found in the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Okay, this is New Testament times. This is New Testament Christianity. Because I have a lot of people say to me, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm not an Old Testament Jew. How many of you have heard that argument? I have plenty of time. I'm a New Testament Christian, so the Sabbath does not apply to me, the seventh-day Sabbath, because I'm, a, I'm under a new covenant. I'm a New Testament Christian, and so on and so forth. But notice what the author says here. There, what's that next word? Remains, therefore, a rest for who? The people of God. Do you consider yourself part of the people of God? Yes or no? I do. I consider myself today as part of God's people. Guess what? The Sabbath remains if you are part of God's family today. This is New Testament. This is New Testament. And in fact, I looked up that word remains, and that word remains is in the continuous tense. In what tense? The continuous tense. You know what that means? That means just what the word says, actually, remains. That means the Sabbath continually remains forever and ever and ever. You're thinking, what? The Sabbath remains forever and ever and ever, as I understand forever and ever? Yes, it does. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. So hold tight. Will Jesus have a people on the earth at the end of time who will walk just as he walked? Once again, notice these words, Revelation 14, 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep nine of the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Is that what it says? No, they keep the commandments. Are all the commandments important? Absolutely. Are there some commandments that you would prefer to delete? Well, you may prefer to delete them, but they're all commandments from God, from his very, from his very finger. Notice this. This is fascinating. In Revelation 14, 7, we read it earlier, the, the appeal made to the entire world is worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Do you realize that these words are a direct quote out of the fourth commandment? Do you realize that? You probably don't. Check this out. I've, I've popped them up both. This is the fourth commandment, Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy for in six days. Okay, that's the first part. Notice, for in six days, this is verse 11, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Can you see that there? How many of you can see the language? The Lord, there you go, made, there we go, heaven, earth, heaven, earth, sea, there it is, and the springs of water and all that is in them, which is the springs of water. There you have it. The, the, the author of Revelation God has said to him, put it in there, put the fourth commandment in there to remind the world, the world of the seventh-day Sabbath. 
In fact, from Genesis to Revelation, the Sabbath remains, remains that beautiful gift. Notice the Bible and the Sabbath. And just simply summarizing what we've looked at thus far, just in a few points. In the beginning, God created that. We've looked at that. At Mount Sinai, God commanded it. In his life, Jesus worshipped on the Sabbath. In, in his death, Jesus did what? He observed it. We've looked at that also. The early New Testament church continued in it. The Apostle Paul and there's many other scriptures besides. Revelation teaches that God's last day people will keep it. We've looked at that, Revelation 12, 17, Revelation 14, 12, Revelation 22, 14. Very, very clear. And finally, number seven, that's the perfect number. The Sabbath will remain for how long? Forever. You remember earlier we read that the Sabbath remains for the people of God. You remember that? We read that from Hebrews chapter 4. Notice this. Absolutely mind-boggling. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 22 we read, For as the new heavens and the new earth. Are we talking about the new heaven and the new earth? Absolutely. Which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your descendants and your right name remain. Notice these words. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Can you believe it? The Bible teaches that each and every Sabbath, for all eternity, all of the redeemed will come and worship before God from one Sabbath to another. Wow, isn't that awesome? That's absolutely awesome. From one Sabbath to another. And what are we going to be doing? We are simply going to worship our Creator, our Savior, our Sustainer. Every single Sabbath. The Sabbath came into the world before sin came into the world. And the Sabbath will remain once sin has been eradicated from this world and from this universe. Isn't that powerful? That's what the scriptures teach. What did Jesus say in John 14, 15? If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my Sabbath day holy. If you love me. If you don't, don't bother. If your motivation for keeping the Sabbath day holy by the grace of God and through his strength is not love, don't keep the Sabbath holy. Please don't do that. But if your motivation is your love for Jesus, you want to enter into a relationship with him, you want to be obedient to him, you want to show your allegiance to him, you want the Sabbath to be an outward sign between you and him, then Jesus says, enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. Let's pray together, right? Eh? Loving Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for your awesome love. Father, we thank you so much that you loved us so much at the beginning of time that you not only gave us the institution of marriage and family, you told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, you gave us the family at the very beginning of time. But Father, you also blessed us with the Sabbath day. You blessed us with a gift in time. No one can take that gift of time away. Every seventh day of the week rolls around every week. 
and we have an opportunity to enter into your blessed rest. We have an opportunity to enjoy your delight. We have an opportunity to have fellowship with you like on no other day of the week. We have an opportunity, Father, to join together with other like-minded believers who also have put their faith and trust in you and to enjoy worshipping you, our Creator, our Saviour and our Sustainer. Father, we thank you for the Sabbath. And thank you, Father, that you have promised that we will continue to enjoy it throughout all eternity. Father, it's my earnest prayer for all those who are watching online or watching via DVD, all those who are present here this afternoon, this is my final prayer for them via this, via this context. But Father, it's my prayer that when you come, when you send your son Jesus, that we will be all together reunited again. Father, it's my prayer that not one who is listening to my voice will be missing on that great and awesome day when you come in the clouds of glory. Father, I love these people. You know how much I love them. I love them with all my heart and I want them to be in your kingdom. Father, give them the strength. Give them the willingness. Give them your grace to make a stand for your truth, for your word, even if the heavens fall. Father, bless each one. And I pray that earnestly with all of my heart. Amen. Amen and amen. And God bless you. And thank you for sharing this time with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And God bless you. I'll keep you in prayer. And I thank you for your prayers as well. God bless.